Welcome to This is Texas Wine. I'm Shelley Wilfong, a wine educator, writer, and Texas wine enthusiast. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the Texas wine industry. I review Texas wine news and bring you the news, education, and information you need to be a more informed Texas wine drinker. Thank you for joining me on this Texas wine journey. This is episode 11. October is Texas Wine Month, and I'm celebrating big all month long. On this episode, I've got information for you about how Texas Wine Month first started and some suggestions on what you could do to mark the occasion. You'll hear how some familiar names in Texas wine are celebrating, too. And I'm drinking the inaugural release from Cherami Wine. It's her 2019 Riesling from the Texas High Plains. Riesling is the fourth most planted white grape in Texas. But first, let's take a look at the Texas Wine News. Congratulations to Patrick Whitehead, the managing partner and winemaker of Blue Ostrich Winery and president of the Texas Wine and Grape Growers Association. He was just named a wine industry leader of 2020 by the Wine Business Monthly. Every year, the publication honors people who have shaped the way the wine industry operates or how people drink wine. These are movers and shakers, and more than a few of them are dissatisfied with the status quo. Patrick was nominated for confronting legal changes in COVID lockdowns. The article says, When Texas governor announced reopening plans for tasting rooms, restaurants, and bars, Patrick Whitehead and the Twiga jumped to action, rallying members to write and call Governor Abbott to include tasting rooms in the first reopening phase. In addition, the group was active in providing protocol information to businesses across the state. Calisai Sellers was written up recently in both the Dallas Morning News and on the Texas Wine Lover website. It's the new Fredericksburg Winery from Nikila Nara Davis and Greg Davis. Now, if Nikila's maiden name sounds familiar, it's likely that you've had a wine or two from the Nara Vineyards. That's Nikila's family's 140-acre vineyard in the Texas High Plains, where they grow grapes for 25 or so Texas wineries, as well as for Calisai Cellars. So clearly, Nikila has a solid viticulture background, and she also has winemaking certificates from Texas Tech and UC Davis, and has made wine in Napa at Cake Bread Cellars. Both Nikila and Greg also have several business degrees, which are sure to be helpful in this new venture as well. In addition to some of the usual varieties like Malbec, Roussan, and Sangiovese, Calisai is bottling the first Terraldigo in the state of Texas. They've got most of it growing in the Texas High Plains, and they've just planted some in the Hill Country this spring. They're making a total of about 1,500 cases of wine. The Nara family has been farming for five generations in India, so Nikila is following in a long family tradition. And by the way, Kalasai means together in a southern Indian dialect. The Fredericksburg Tasting Room is on 16 acres, and they've got sheep and a llama. They're practicing sustainable farming, and it looks like a great visit. Here's another Fredericksburg story. Fredericksburg Winery and Wine Incubator Slate Mill Wine Collective created two charitable wines with food entrepreneurs and bloggers Gavin and Karen of Couple in the Kitchen. They've got a Texas White, which is a Viognier, and a Rosé, which is a blend of Cab, Malbec, Merlot, Tempranillo, and Petit Verdot. 
And those wines are available through the winery website and in the tasting room and also available in several restaurants. Proceeds from those wines will go toward the nonprofit Restaurant Workers Community Foundation's COVID-19 Emergency Relief Fund. Ready Vineyards has signed a distribution agreement with Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits, the nation's largest distributor. You heard Eric Sigmund, Ready's chief operating officer, on a recent podcast about wine distribution. He hinted that a decision about a new distribution arrangement was imminent. In a press release, Ready announced a new distribution relationship with the Texas division of the world's preeminent distributor of alcohol, Southern Glaciers. Beginning this month, Texas can find Ready Vineyards wines in retailers, restaurants, and bars across Texas. By the way, just this morning, I was at my third Central Market this month, taking advantage of the sale on Texas wine, and the associate was telling me how much she enjoyed the Ready Vineyards Field Blend. She also told me that they're really trying to beef up their Texas wine selection at this particular Central Market, which was Plano. She said that some of the wine brands that they brought in for this Texas wine promotion this month will be permanent placements, and that's great news. I previously shared a nice article from the Dallas Morning News about Michael McClendon of Sage's Vintage and told you about his eight vintages with Keepersall and his partnership with Wes Jensen to start Sage's Vintage, a Nacogdoches facility where they're currently producing over 20,000 gallons of juice for custom crush clients. What I didn't mention is that Michael is black. Well, this month, Michael appears on the cover of Wine and Spirits magazine and is featured in the cover story, Rising Black Voices in Wine. He's listed as one of the three rising voices in the growing grapes and making wine category. The possibilities of Texas winemaking excite McClendon, and he says, The story of Texas wine is being written right now as we speak. We're wine cowboys. One person that's working closely with Michael at Sages is another rising voice in the Texas wine industry, and another black voice too, and that's Sheremy Law. Along with her partner Todd, Sheremy has just launched her first wine, a Riesling. Sheremy and Todd will have their next wine coming out next year, and it will be a Montepulciano Rosé. I'll be talking more about the Riesling at the end of the podcast because that's what I'm drinking today. Although her wine is new, Sheremy has the PR thing down, She's quoted in Michelle Williams' new article on white wines in Texas. That article appeared on Forbes.com and is called Around the World with Texas White Wine. Michelle talks about how many different white grape varieties are grown in Texas, the growing regions and microclimates, and recommends one dozen white wines. Cheremy's is the smallest label and the newest wine included. The others are more familiar choices from wineries you've heard mentioned on this podcast many times, including Bending Branch, Pedernales, Brennan, Spicewood, Dukeman, Southhold, Reddy, William Chris, Bingham, Fall Creek, and Farmhouse. Michelle says that there's a red wine version of this article coming out in a couple of weeks. William Chris Vineyards is mentioned in a brief article, Morvedra on the Move, in Wine Enthusiast magazine this month. The article talks about how Morvedra is best known as the M in a GSM blend and is well known as Monastrel in Spain and Mataro in Australia and California. It says that Morvedra got its start in present-day California in the 1800s, and it was used mostly in blends following Prohibition. That ended in 1933, by the way, but it became a big deal on its own thanks to a group called the Rhone Rangers. And here's the William Chris mention. And this is a quote. 
In the Southwest, William Chris Vineyards crafts a varietal bottling sourced from the Texas High Plains. End quote. Now, while that's true, I think the author misses the real story, which is that William Chris Vineyards actually produced nine single varietal Morveds this year, and they're the number two grower of Morved in the country. But anyway, it's nice to get a mention. I'll link to all of these stories in the show notes. I do think the amount of Texas wine news has really picked up in the past several months. I really don't think Texas was being included in these conversations until fairly recently. And finally, I heard a bit of breaking news while I was listening to an interview with Randy Hester from CL Buteau and Ray Wilson from Wine for the People on KOOP this week. They announced that they're collaborating on a new tasting room. The space will be open this winter in the Fitzhugh District of Austin. And that's the Texas Wine News. September 30th was International Podcast Day, and I shared the statistic on social media that only about 50% of Americans have listened to a podcast. If you know someone who might enjoy this podcast but might not know how to listen to it, please take a minute and help them figure it out. That would really help me out. I have a fun new giveaway that I'm sending out to people that sign up for my monthly newsletter. It's a Texas wine quiz, and it also has the answers so that you can check yourself. It's just 10 questions, and you can identify whether or not you're a Texas wine expert. Sign up for the newsletter on the website, www.thisistexaswine.com. You'll see the newsletter sign up, and that quiz will be sent to you automatically. And now for our main segment. This is Texas Wine Month. Texas Wine Month was started in 1999 by Susan Combs when she was the Commissioner of Agriculture. The proclamation was signed by George W. Bush, who was the governor at the time. Just a couple of years later, in the High Plains Journal, Susan Combs said, Texas is on the fast track to worldwide recognition in the wine industry. And the celebrations and tastings offered during Texas Wine Month give Texans a chance not only to support their home state vintners, but also to develop a palate and appreciation for Lone Star wines. Our star is definitely on the rise in the wine market. And I think that quote still stands. I found an Austin Chronicle article from October 1999. And in it, Virginia Wood writes that Governor Bush declared October Texas Wine Month, and Susan Combs read the proclamation at a celebrity grape stomp party, which was held at Central Market on September the 30th. Over 300 wine lovers were present. They sampled Texas wines and foods. There were celebrities in attendance, wine lovers, and kids alike, and they stomped grapes with abandon. The Texas wine industry has certainly come a long way since the first vineyards were planted by Spanish monks nearly 400 years ago. These days, more than 20 Texas wineries produce award-winning wines and generate millions of dollars for the Texas economy. So that's 20 wineries in 1999. Is that correct? It's hard to believe that we've come so far. We've gone from 20-ish wineries in 1999 to over 400 20 years later. That is truly amazing. I looked but was unable to locate a list of all the wineries in Texas by founding year. But I would love to see such a list. If you know where one exists, please let me know. 
Texas was not the first state to celebrate a statewide wine month. Virginia gets that distinction. Its wine month was first celebrated in 1988. We did beat California, though. California Wine Month was started in 2004. Have you wondered how other Texas wine lovers are spending Texas Wine Month? I surveyed a few people, and here are a few responses I got. Dr. Vijay Reddy, the owner of Reddy Vineyards, is going to be signing bottles of Reddy wines and mailing them out as part of a promotion that's being done this month. When people order wine from the Reddy website, he's going to be signing every bottle, and they're also offering $1 shipping. So that should keep him busy all month. Rania Zayat from Wonder Women of Wine, the founder of Wonder Women of Wine. She's also the wine director at Buffalina Wine and Buffalina Pizza in East Austin, said that she's planning to purchase some bottles of Cherami Law's first wine. She's made a Riesling that Rania can't wait to try. Jessica Dufuy is a frequent writer about Texas wine. She covers Texas wine for Texas Monthly. And she's going to be hosting a series of Instagram live chats with some prominent Texas wine industry players, including Chris Brundret of William Chris Vineyards, Elizabeth Hill from Berkeley Hill Vineyards, James Tidwell from Texom, and June Rodel from Goodnight Hospitality. She'll be talking about her new book, The Wines of Southwest USA, A Guide to Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and Colorado. That book is part of the Classic Wine Library, and it's the first in what will be a series on American wine regions by Classic Wine Library. That's a very well-respected publisher of deep wine content. I look forward to having Jessica on the podcast on a later date, but you should definitely follow Jessica's Instagram page, which is where you can view the schedule for these Instagram lives. Her Instagram is at Jessica N. Dufuy, which is D-U-P-U-Y. The chats are generally weekdays at 1230. Daniel Pate of Apical, Texas says, we are looking forward to visiting many wineries. As we had a lot of awesome grapes, go to a lot of incredible wineries. We are excited to taste the progress in the barrel. And of course, we're going to restock our Texas wines. Danielle DeSuda says she's going to be joining her mother, Cumbra Garland, for one of her blind tasting club meetings out in the Hill Country. And if anyone wants to attend to improve their palate, well, guess what? You're invited too. Stuart from Wine on the Dime, who has a YouTube channel reviewing wines, has two new Texas winery reviews coming out for Coleman Cellars and Adego Vino. And he'll also be sharing previous Texas winery reviews on social media. And we'll be creating a dedicated Texas winery YouTube playlist. So watch his channel for other Texas wine developments. That's Wine on the Dime on YouTube. Stephanie Franklin of Franklin Vines is taking some friends to Fredericksburg so that they can experience Texas wine for the first time. She is making reservations through Cellar Rat Wine Tours and is so excited to introduce them to new wineries. Texas wine gal Denise Clark is going to be teaching a virtual class about Texas wine for the Wine and Food Foundation of Texas on October 15th. She will be tasting through five wines from the Texas Fine Wine Portfolio. That class is free for Wine and Food Foundation members with a donation to the Austin Shift Meal or $10 if you're not a member. Get more information at winefoodfoundation.org. 
I tried to find out what the Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller would be doing to celebrate Texas Wine Month. I didn't see anything in the recent news except an alert that he is willing to expand medical marijuana and an announcement that he has a cameo in the next Borat movie after being pranked by Sasha Baron Cohen. The trailer is up and you must stop this podcast now and go watch it. I've got a few things on my calendar that you can join in on to celebrate Texas Wine Month. You can watch the wine judging at the 37th annual Lone Star International Wine Competition. That's Wednesday, October 28th and Thursday, October 29th at the Grapevine Visitor Information Center. This exclusive event can be viewed live through the Grapevine Visitor Information Center's showroom windows. Come and watch as wines are judged by a panel of professional wine experts from Texas and California. And then after you viewed the competition, you can visit some of the local tasting rooms along the urban wine trail there in Grapevine. The time for observation isn't listed on any of the materials I've seen online, but I'll tell you that the judges are asked to be present on Wednesday from 9 to 4 and Thursday from 9 to 12. I'll be there judging, and Jason Hysaw, who was my guest on the last podcast, is another one of the judges. If you come, please be sure to knock on the windows and get my attention and say hi. Next, please drink along with me. The State Fair is promoting a case of Texas wine. These wines are blue ribbon selections for 2020, and they've been selected by a panel of Texas wine experts and are available for purchase. But even if you don't want to buy the Texas wines, you can log on to the virtual tastings, but you do have to register in advance. There's one on Wednesday, the 14th of October at 630, and that's a roundtable tasting with Jennifer McInnes Fidel from Bending Branch. Tony Ophel, the winemaker at William Chris, and Wayne Rogers from Yano Estacado. On Wednesday, the 21st at 6.30, there's a roundtable tasting with Tommy Welford from Dukeman Family Winery, Randy Hester of CL Buteau, and Doug Lewis from Lewis Wines. We had our first call last week. That one was with Ray Wilson from Dandy Rosé and Sean Croft representing Pedernalis. And there are three of us who selected the wines who also participate on the call, along with a representative from the State Fair and the Department of Agriculture. By the time you hear this, we will have also completed the second call, which includes Eric Sigmund from Ready Vineyards, Susan Aller and Sergio Quadra from Fall Creek, and Kim McPherson from McPherson Cellars. If you can't catch these live, All four of them will be archived on the State Fair wine site, and I'll link to that in the show notes. I've also purchased a wine trail passport for the North Texas wine country, and I hope to get out to some of the wineries that I haven't already visited and enjoy some of this great fall weather. Maybe I'll see you there, and that definitely sounds a lot more fun than sharing wine through a computer screen, doesn't it? The Texas Hill Country wineries are also doing a passport event this month. Wineries in both areas are holding events with special music and other outdoor activities. Reservations are required for most of these, so be sure to plan ahead. I want to highlight a few other unique ways to celebrate Texas Wine Month, and there's not really one great clearinghouse for all these Texas Wine Month activities. So be sure to follow your favorite wineries on social media, and also follow the hashtag Texas Wine Month on Instagram. This one looks fun. It's on October the 17th, and it's a Heroic High Wine Hunt. That's H-Y-E. From 10 to 4, go on an adventure unlike any other, full of intrigue, fun, and lots of wine. It's a socially distanced treasure hunt through high 
and the object is to collect treasure from each winery. You'll end up at High Meadow Winery, where you can enter a drawing and win all kinds of neat prizes. Here's a virtual tasting unlike any other I've seen. It's called a Toast to Texas Pecans, a virtual Texas pecan and wine tasting. On October the 21st, the Texas Pecan Board and Texas Fine Wine are collaborating on a tasting. Now, the deadline to order this tasting kit is October 9th, so if you want to participate, you better act fast. Each tasting kit includes a pound of pecans and five bottles of wine from the Texas Fine Wine Wineries. They include the Brennan Viognier, the Dukeman Rosé, Spicewood Tandem, Pedernales Texas Tempranillo, and Bending Branch Tempranillo from the Newsom Vineyards. During the tasting, you'll be led by Jessica Dufuy and culinary expert and food historian Melissa Guerra, who's the kitchen wrangler. You'll learn all about how pecans and wine may pair and the history of both items in the state of Texas. And since we were talking before about what prominent Texans were doing to support Texas Wine Month, I'll mention that I couldn't find any news about Greg Abbott's plans for Texas Wine Month, but he did sign a proclamation in support of Texas Pecan Month and recognition of the support of the role of Texas pecan growers. Yes, he did. And on Monday, October 5th, he tweeted a clip of two clinking beer mugs with this message. Texans have continued to keep COVID under control. The hospitalizations, number of new positive cases, and positivity rate remain contained. Today was one of the lowest for fatalities in a long time. I will be announcing more openings soon. Cheers. Now that would certainly make it a happy Texas Wine Month. Okay, back to the upcoming events. On October 22nd at 6, don't miss the Texas Hill Country Winery's Happy Hour. Focusing on the families of Texas wine. You can catch that on Facebook. Even if you can't give your full attention to some of these happy hours, it's nice to put them on as you're cooking dinner. And if you miss it when it's live, you can also go back and view it later on because they're always archived on Facebook. There are several Halloween-themed events that look like fun. You can take a spooky cellar tour at Messina Hoff and Bryan. They're offering those during several evenings in October, and costumes are encouraged. Your night begins with a glass of sparkling ghost wine as you stroll around the estate while hearing the history of the winery, including tales and lore of the area. You get four different tastings, and you finish it off with a chocolate truffle. On the 30th, Rising Sun Vineyard in McDade is having a murder mystery-themed steak dinner with wine pairings. You'll get to meet Shana Jacobs of Keep Wine Dope, who's one of the rising young voices in wine education in Texas. Where's McDade, you ask? It's 30 miles or so east of Austin. On Halloween evening, Pedernales is hosting a fall-themed dinner with wine pairings. Details aren't available yet, but keep your eye on the Pedernales website for more information. There's a Halloween movie night at Tornalocks in Burnett. They're screening Young Frankenstein at dark. And artistically-minded folks should enter the William Chris Vineyard's 2020 Artist Blend competition. Each year, William Chris puts the winning original artwork on a bottle of wine. You can submit up to three pieces, and the deadline is October 23rd. Guess what? If you win, you get a lot of cool benefits, including a case of the Artist Blend wine. 
Wherever you are, look for wine dinners around you. Restaurants certainly need our love right now. Brian's on 290 in Johnson City has three big wine dinners coming up in October. They've also got weekend wine tastings with Sibonet Cellars currently being featured. You can do a wine tasting in the new catering space and then have lunch or dinner after. However you're celebrating, whether it's visiting wineries or signing on to virtual tastings or just drinking Texas wine at home, please consider putting it on social media and using the hashtag Texas Wine Month. So get out there, visit some wineries, replenish your cellars, talk up Texas wine, and share it with your friends. Today I'm drinking the first wine from Salt and Pepper Wine, and it's the 2019 Cherami Wine Riesling from the Texas High Plains. It's an off-dry style, aged in stainless steel. It's got 11.9% alcohol by volume. It's bottled under cork, and there were only 85 cases made, so you better get yours quick. Because if you've been paying attention to social media, you'll see that everybody's drinking it. It was $23, and I got local porch delivery, which they're offering in and around the Dallas area, for $5. I have to tell you what a beautiful bottle this is. Be sure and check out the photo on Instagram. It's really striking. And this bottle came to me in a white gift bag with a lovely label, and it's packaged with orange and white tissue paper. And there's a postcard inside with a nice note and a full-color photo of Cherami and Todd. The branding is so well done. There's an orange foil capsule, and the label is white with orange and gold. And it's got birds and grapevine and very pretty fonts. The copy on the back, the romance copy, if you will, says Texas grown, Texas made. The French translation of cher ami is cher ami, two words, meaning dear friend. And the note says, dear friend, cher ami wine was created as a tribute to our journey through the Texas wine region. We invite you to join us on this journey and to share in the grace, grit, and guts of the Texas spirit. With love, cher ami law proprietor, made by a couple of dreamers. And I think that that just really sums up the journey that they've had. Todd and Jeremy have not had an easy journey in getting this wine into the bottle and getting it into our hands. It's been a long time coming. Jeremy and Todd introduced this wine last week with the release party in Johnson City at the Farmhouse Vineyards Tipsy Trailer, and it looked like a blast. And they'll be back down there in Johnson City this weekend pouring at 290 Vinery if you're out that way. I'll mention that the grapes are from the Texas High Plains, and specifically, these are from the Crick Hill Vineyards in Leveland in the Texas High Plains, although the bottle just says Texas High Plains. Jeremy works with Michael McClendon at Sage's Vintage on winemaking. The aromas I get off this wine are lemon cream and green mango. It's lightly floral. The palate is round and creamy with sugar masking some of the acid, but the acid is definitely there. It's just in the background. It finishes clean. The wine is 2.4% residual sugar, which is 24 grams per liter. The tasting notes call it off dry, although if you want to split hairs, it's actually in the medium dry category, which is 18 to 50 grams per liter. When I tasted it, I was reminded of something that I've heard Katie Jane Seaton say about the Farmhouse Vineyards Housewife wine. She says that it's as sweet as a dry wine drinker wants to go and as dry as a sweet wine drinker wants to go. And I think that the Cherami Riesling also hits that sweet spot. 
because of the sweetness, I think one popular pairing would be to choose a food that has a little bit of heat. I think a touch of spice would be a nice counterbalance to the wine, like maybe some Thai food. You can find out more about Sheremy Wine and buy the wine at sheremywine.com. Also sign up for her newsletter so that you'll find out about her next release, which is the rosé. But what about Riesling in general in Texas? Well, it's the fourth most planted white grape variety by Bering Acres in 2019. There are about 110 Bering Acres in Texas, and about 92 of those are planted in the Texas High Plains. Riesling plantings grew 50% between 2015 and 2019, so it's a grape that's clearly on the upswing. Several wineries have won awards for their Riesling recently, including Messina Hoff, Berkeley Hill, Grape Creek, the Triple D Winery, Enix Stomp, Pillar Bluff, Fiesta, and Saddlehorn. Texas Rieslings are made in a variety of styles from dry to sweet. High Meadow even includes Riesling in the blend for a sparkling wine. If you're looking for a particular style, be sure to confirm what it is that you're buying because the label doesn't always give away the style. I lingered over this Cherami wine Riesling for a while and considered just how much of Cherami and Todd's heart was put into this whole endeavor. I read that they actually hand-labeled and put on the capsules by hand, too, for each bottle. And I know it's the same story with so many of the Texas grape growers and winemakers and winery owners. So for all of you in the Texas wine industry, thank you for all you do. And if you're just a regular wine drinker like me, well, cheers to you, too. Happy Texas Wine Month. You can go to www.thisistexaswine.com for full show notes for this episode. There are links to everything I talked about today. And while you're there, please sign up for the newsletter to subscribe to my monthly email newsletter. Also, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. That helps other people find the podcast. The next episode will be out in two weeks, but I hope to see you before then, either on a virtual tasting or out on the wine trail. I'm at Texas Wine Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can email me at texaswinepod at gmail.com with any feedback or questions. I always love hearing from listeners. Thank you to Jeff Cope and the Texas Wine Lover website for helping promote this podcast and for being such strong supporters of Texas wine. Remember to visit txwinelover.com whenever you have a question about a Texas winery or Texas vineyard. Thanks, Texas Wine Lover. And thank you for listening to this episode of This is Texas Wine. Cheers, y'all. <laughs>